0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Exordia Creative Podcast. Ooh, it's a Monday. Feeling good today, guys. Uh, I'm wearing some merch. Yeah. I'm wearing some merch today. Um, I'm, ex- I'm excited about it. We have a bunch of people that, that want to pre order that have pre ordered, and there's still more rolling in. Yeah. So if you guys are interested, if you're watching or listening to the podcast and you want some merch, send us a DM on Instagram. Um, yeah.
1: Check it out there. Honestly, uh, thank you so much to our friends, family. Business contacts who have ordered. Yeah. Because I'm blown away by the demand. Yeah, for um, real. Yeah, so, you know, it's one thing when people uh, support you on Instagram or they like your posts or you know you have their their moral support. That's one thing, but to see everybody actually be down to buy our merch and support us in that way, it means so much to us. Yeah. So thank you so much to everybody. Yeah. Um, who's down? And on that
0: note, guys. Oh man, we almost forgot. Cheers. Love it. All right. So, yeah. Merch is on the way. Last podcast episode, Jared was going off a little bit about our first um, sample order. Right. Um, it, was, it was a fluke. It was a fluke um, right. that wasn't supposed to happen. Um, so, so, it was a one-off. So,
1: check this out. Um, I ordered a medium, and I just wanted to wear it for myself, test out the quality, see how it felt and looked and everything. Um, it was... It was uh nice like we said but way too small so we've been pre-washing everything just so there are less discrepancies of people uh thinking they're a certain size then taking it home and then it shrinks because it's cotton and it has kind of picky care instructions so we just wash it warm when we get it um so you know what you're in for anyway it was way too small like it was just uncomfortable taking it on and off i didn't even attempt it yeah we got more um and then i compared my first medium with my new medium both washed and it was like a night and day difference wow so luckily it was just a one-off size discrepancy and um the rest are perfect they fit a little a little snug but um regular sizing yeah the first one was just ridiculous this is a
0: large this is a large and i typically like to wear larger stuff um, not super tight so anyway, it's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. More more to come on, on the merch front.
1: Yeah. And if you guys order the wrong size, just we'll, we'll return it for you. It's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah,
0: we'll figure we'll figure out a work around. So really quick fact for you mm-hmm. before the podcast, I was doing a little bit of research about social media news, see what's going on yes. in the world of social. And there was this crazy infographic of all the stuff that happens in one minute on social media. Sorry, one minute on the Internet. And there's some crazy stuff like uh, consumers spend one million dollars every minute. Um, But this one was pretty nuts. 350,000 Instagram stories are posted per minute. That's insane. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Pretty crazy. And there was some other crazy stuff, but I just wanted to talk about that. And also the uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn posted a guideline on how to use the platform. Mm -hmm. My initial impression is that that's weird. I think that's weird and it's kind of like a... I I perceive it as a scream for help.
1: So... Do you do you think that because they're like oh you guys are using it wrong that's why our platform sucks kind of thing? I think
0: they're they're saying that because nobody's really. Dude, what did the guidelines say? I have I have a couple hundred people on my LinkedIn or whatever. There's five people that post or at least that I see. Yeah, right. A lot of people are just going through LinkedIn and they're just kind of um, scrolling through it, really just not really engaging in the content. They're just there to look. Right. And so maybe what they're doing is they're putting out this guideline to be like, maybe they just don't know how to use it. <laughs> so maybe they put that out and that's what they're hoping to, to get from it is get more people active. Yeah.
1: But Well, a lot of people use it to shop for jobs or to, they, be re- or to be recruited for jobs. They do that. So some people don't even have the intention of posting when they sign up.
0: Yeah. And to be fair, what I post is just what we post to Exordia. I just yeah. share it. So what
1: so, um, what's, what does the guideline suggest?
0: The guideline just basically gives you your best practices. So how many posts a day, blah, blah, blah. What, all that What kind do of they stuff. suggest? I didn't even look through it. I just, I'm reading headlines and, and cutting to it. Yeah, thanks LinkedIn. Yeah, thanks LinkedIn. So what we can do, fine, we'll do a little extra homework. I will post in the in the description, I will put a URL to this to this um, article that I read about it.
1: Cool. So that's Microsoft's track record with social media. Yeah. And last week we talked about the TikTok acquisition.
0: I haven't heard anything else new about that.
1: Uh, no, neither have I. Um, I think they're still in talks. September 15th is the deadline. We talked about how once the agreement is signed, there's going to be a lot more work behind the scenes mm-hmm. to kind of uh, transact that deal mm-hmm. after. What do you think of the LinkedIn algorithm?
0: Dude, people don't see my stuff for days. And then all of a sudden, like five days in, mm-hmm. people start to like engage this with it. not a
1: lot of posting. The longevity of content is much longer. Much right? longer. Yeah. You'll be scrolling down your timeline and see something from two weeks ago.
0: I am a, I am a fan of the chronological timeline. Yeah. I miss it on Instagram. I miss it on on every platform. I think it's the best way to do it. Cause even when you're scrolling through Instagram, you look at a post, it's like this was posted 13 hours ago. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) You know? Um, yeah, I'm a fan for chronological. It probably doesn't work as good for Facebook as a business and, and LinkedIn and all them as a business, but
1: well, it's about engagement, right? Yeah. They want to show you what you're most likely to engage with. Yeah. Chronological is cool because like logically it makes sense. If you're trying to follow Mm -hmm. some kind of a story, Mm Mm-hmm. It, it would be nice if you could have the option to, to, to toggle your feed oh, be cool. between them. That'd be cool. But yeah, I think like the AI knows what you're going to engage with yeah. more than you yourself know what you're going to engage with. Yeah, And I think sure. they do that just to keep those clicks, those clicks coming. Yeah. They've, they've also changed recently the way that stories are presented on some accounts. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? There's like a bigger stories panel now.
0: I don't think I've seen that. I've seen it when I'm scrolling through the feed and I'll see stories at the, in like the middle section, right. but I haven't seen that.
1: Okay. So you guys know how on the top horizontal bar of Instagram, there's the stories and it's only one row. Yeah. Well, now there's two rows on the new accounts hmm. so you can see more um, and you can actually expand it and have a full screen. Kind of like a grid of all the circles and stories that you can check out. Really? All at once. Yeah. I
0: wonder if that's an... Maybe I have to update my app.
1: Well, we've talked about before on the podcast, it's not an app update thing. Okay. Um, They're just rolling it out. It's an an A-B test, right? Got it. Instagram likes to take a lot of time with A-B tests. Yeah. So some accounts get features months. Okay. Um, So
0: only some of our accounts have that.
1: Yeah. Months uh, before some of the other accounts. Yeah. I wonder how they, they decide that. Is it by follow count? By geographical area, I don't know. There's pro- probably some like random distribution. Sometimes it's geographical. Like we yeah. were talking about Canada, how they don't show the likes. Mm-hmm. Right. We got that long before the U.S. Yeah. And now the whole world, to my knowledge, for the most part, you can't see likes. But some of our accounts, like the laggards, are still. You can still see it. It's a laggard. Like uh, behind the curve, like they lag okay. toward the trend. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, like we've had accounts now for maybe six months yep. that haven't been showing likes and I still have the one off account where you can see everything. Cool. Interesting. Cool.
0: Well, this is kind of related to, well, it's more like tech news and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Fortnite and Apple. You were talking to me about this over the weekend. Yeah. Um, so if you want to dive into that, it's super interesting.
1: Right. Yeah. So we were talking about this over the weekend and we watched the commercial. Yeah. I think it's brilliant marketing. But basically you guys all know Fortnite, super popular cloud-based game i don't know if it's number one in the world but it hovers around the, those spots on the charts and it's multi-platform you can play it on um, any gaming system pc and mobile so it's mm-hmm. available from the app store on your iphone uh, on android devices super widely available and anyway there's a lot of in-app transactions in the game so they sell like skins for your players and digital currency and and stuff like that. And typically, how the App Store works is all in-app transactions are facilitated through Apple. You have to use Apple Pay, and Apple, who owns the App Store, take a 30% cut. And that's actually similar on most platforms. Like on mm-hmm. Google's App Store, it's around those margins. On gaming app stores like Steam is a popular one, it's around those margins. Anyway, Fortnite recently got fed up with this on uh, the App Store and on the Google Play Store, which is the Android App Store equivalent, and they basically set up their in-game transactions in a way where they could circumvent Apple's radar Mm -hmm. and kind of slide under the radar and process their own transactions and not have to give Apple the cut. Yeah. Anyway, Apple's shot back was removing Fortnite from the App Store, so it's now gone. Is it still gone? Yes, and Google has done the same thing. Wow. So it was kind of a tit for tat. And then um, after that, Epic Games, which is the company that owns the game Fortnite, filed a lawsuit against Apple. And then a couple hours later, they filed a lawsuit against Google. Crazy. Crazy. It's
0: not in the App Store at all. You looking for it? I'm looking through it right now. It's not in the App Store. Yeah. They have some stuff, but it's it's, it's not related to, well, it is related to Fortnite, but it's not from Fortnite. Fortnite wallpapers, blah, blah, blah. Crazy. So what do you think? Dude, we're, we're of the age where the middleman is becoming less and less of a thing in, in some senses, right? And I think that Apple trying to play middleman and taking 30% of every transaction, I think that they've got to come up with a different way of doing it. Because this is just going to be a, uh, what do they call it? Not a, this is going to be set a precedent. Say Fortnite wins this, Okay then that means that a bunch of other people in the App Store and on the Google Play Store are gonna say, hey, well, if Fortnite gets to do it, we get to do it too. Right. And I we, we've seen it with um, direct-to-consumer um, purchasing and yeah. stuff like that, and I think that this is just an, uh, the next wave of it. Yeah. I don't think Apple should be digging their hands into that. They should get a one-time fee or they should have a monthly fee that they have to pay to the App Store, some other kind of subscription-based or something. Right. That's what I think. That's
1: Fortnite's argument. Yeah. And they're saying that Apple is being anti-competition yeah and they have a monopolistic presence in the app store because yeah. there are really two main places in terms of market share where you can download apps mm-hmm. that's apple's app store and that's google's uh, google play store yeah uh, but it begs the question does apple not have the right to set their own rules in their app store which they own which you voluntarily use by buying one of their iphones which they also own you know what i mean it's kind of a monopoly right it is but it's it's you know the apple ecosystem is like a voluntary walled garden it is it is a walled garden yeah and apple devices and software don't necessarily play nicely with non-apple devices but it's uh, mostly voluntary you buying into into their system right and Fortnite has done this before uh, with steam they circumvented the steam uh, transaction Mm -hmm. uh, fee and i'm not sure how that worked but anyway, as soon as it happened, Apple immediately uh, kicked them out, and Google Play Store followed suit, and that's when they filed the lawsuit. This is, in my opinion, brilliant marketing, um, because they also released an ad spot, a campaign called Free Fortnite.
0: You're saying brilliant marketing on Fortnite's play. Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah. So this was this was definitely like a calculated effort. They had the ad ready to go yeah. as soon as they filed the lawsuit. So they wanted to kind of catch Apple by surprise, right? Yeah and Google too. We watched the ad over the weekend. What did you think of it? Powerful. Yeah.
0: It was really powerful. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe we can, maybe I can start doing that, start linking stuff in the description. Maybe we can put a link in the description. You guys can watch that commercial for for yourself or you Um, can just
1: Google free Fortnite and you'll see it. Yeah. But it's kind of like an inception level parody. Yeah. So in 1984, Apple released a commercial, uh, when they first released the Macintosh computer, with reference to an old book called 1984 by George Orwell, which is kind of about, like, government thought control. And Mm -hmm. um, it was basically basically likening, like, PC users to kind of mindless drones who just listen to the status quo. And then Apple, with their new Macintosh, is going to, like, break that barrier and let people be creative and be free thinkers. And that was Apple's commercial those years ago. And then Fortnite kind of did a spinoff of this commercial where – they replaced the places, and Fortnite was the one liberating the Apple users, and they were saying free Fortnite. That's their tagline. Yeah. So people are saying that Epic Games is weaponizing their fans against Apple, because obviously they're going to be very upset that of course. that they can't play the game on their devices, right? So is
0: that the case? So if it gets removed from the apps, or is it removed from phones?
1: Uh, you can keep it until you have to update your phone, or until the game updates. Mm. So you can keep it for a couple of weeks, and then wow, and then you're done. How many I wonder how many
0: people play on their phones and iPads versus on their consoles or computers? I'm not sure
1: There are over a billion iPhone users. Yeah, and some, you know uh, Significant minority of them probably play the game. Yeah Yeah, it's it's interesting stuff and and I have like a little theory on on their strategy because it's very interesting that they're suing both Apple and Google But they're being very vocal about suing Apple, Mm -hmm. and not so much about uh, suing Google. Yeah. So notice that they didn't have a campaign against Google. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at their social media, they're really targeting uh, Apple. Yeah. And going back to what you said about setting a precedent, I think maybe strategically that's probably what they're going to do, because Apple might be lower hanging fruit. Um, no pun intended. Apple might be lower hanging fruit in terms of how easy it is to set precedent that the company's being anti-competition, because Apple is more of a walled garden, right? Yeah. You know, there's only one app store that you can buy things from on iPhones, and Apple owns the phone, and they own the marketplace. Yep. So I think it's easier to make a case there, whereas in the case of Google, um, the Google Play Store is is, um, the dominant one, but there's also like the Galaxy Store. In places like that so for example if you have a Samsung Galaxy you can still buy play Fortnite, and circumvent the transaction fee on the galaxy store yeah and Samsung's bragging about that now so even though they've removed it from the Google Play Store there's mm-hmm. still a workaround yeah so I think maybe they're gonna focus on Apple because Apple's kind of more of a divisive company than Google it's hard to hate Google hmm at least in in the way that I see the two companies Apple's a more Easier to hate, right? If you don't like it, it's more kind of divisive. Yeah. Yeah. So I think maybe they establish a precedent with that case and then start being more aggressive to Google. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting to think about how this stuff's going to play out. Yeah. You know, Apple's clearly being really firm about it. Um, I know Spotify is joining Epic Games in support. I don't know if they're uh, filing a lawsuit as well. Yeah. But it's a similar thing. I mean, like, Apple is the gatekeeper to everything on the store. Mm-hmm. They've they've built the store, right? So it's it's tough to draw the line of what they do and don't have the right to do.
0: Yeah, I have something similar to that. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about the issue with John Deere, the tractor company? No. So there's been a lot of lawsuits going on over the last several years um, regarding John Deere. And the issue is that all the farmers that own John Deere cannot work on John Deere's when they break down. They have to bring them into a dealership and then they have to do all this stuff. And the main thing that they're upset about, the main reason why John Deere doesn't want to let people work on it is because a lot of it is software based. And so they'd be allowing everybody to get into like the back end and all that kind of stuff. Gotcha. And so there's been hearings going on and all this kind of stuff. And guess who's been sitting in on the hearings? Apple's legal team. Really? Because if John Deere allows this, then that means people can ask for their data from Apple as well. So this is another precedent case, right. potentially. Right. So there's like thousands of farmers that are suing John Deere, saying we want to be able to work on our machines because we have to spend $1,000 just to get our machine to John Deere for you to work on it. And then you have to reset the computers, blah, blah, blah. It's all this big thing. Yeah, so, I yeah. have no
1: idea about that. That's really interesting. So what happens if you were to tamper with the software? Does it void your warranty? Yes. Or? That's what it does. Yes. Okay. And and
0: I'm sure, like, they also say that it's very complicated and uh, an average mechanic or whatever, a tractor mechanic, can screw it up if they don't do something properly, whatever it is. But and it also voids your warranty as well. Hmm. Pretty but, crazy. Yeah. Spend $130,000 on a tractor, but you can't work on it yourself.
1: Yeah, that's kind of a straw, man. That's and not really a fair argument.
0: They've also said, too, that John Deere wants to treat it like a licensing agreement. Like, you get the license to use John Deere on your farm. So they're going that route as well right you don't actually own it yeah you just pay the yeah anyway so Apple's been sitting in on those hearings no
1: yeah um it's smart of them to do their due diligence right and, and see what's happening yeah right I'm sure John Deere's doing like some legal acrobatics to figure out how to position their case where definitely the mechanics don't have the right to do it mm-hmm. that's that's very interesting because yeah. you know you'd think it's private property yeah but if they can if they can position it as it's a license that you rent <laughs> then that's different. Yeah. Right. We're seeing software as a service has blown up in the last 10 years. Yeah. Right. Speaking of Apple, have you heard of Apple One? Nope. That's new it's Apple's new bundled subscription service. Ooh. So they're going to bundle like Apple has a lot of paid uh, monthly subscriptions. iCloud, it's Apple Music. Such a profitable business model. I think it makes up 25 or so percent of their revenue now. Yeah, that's fat. So it's significant and it's easier to target um people who aren't able to spend on the expensive MacBooks or the expensive iPhones. Hmm. You know, you can have an old rusty iPhone, but if you're paying that monthly subscription for 10 bucks for Apple music, 10 bucks for Apple gaming, 10 bucks for Apple uh, news and iCloud storage, and they have all these services. So they're bundling it into one thing, which is supposedly called Apple one. Okay. Not publicized yet. Any pricing or anything? No, I don't know. It's probably just going to be a slight discount from the, cumulative total of Hmm. what they would cost separately interesting yeah but it's you know speaking about apple's walled garden ecosystem joining is voluntary however they do create a lot of friction in making you want to leave making you not want to leave i've heard horror stories right because if you if you get so invested in this system with your apple music um and stuff like that you're just not going to want to put in the time and effort to transition. Are and you, I think to a degree that's probably intentional.
0: I've even heard of people when they switch from an iPhone to a Google phone or a Samsung that they have trouble sending text messages. Really? Yeah. Like they have to reset it from like the higher ups, like somebody at your, your service provider has to like reset it or something. Yeah.
1: Which Luckily, is crazy if you if you go from team uh, iPhone to team Android, then Android makes it as seamless as possible to port over all your data, mm-hmm. and they take everything from the cloud and transition it to Google's cloud services, yeah. and vice versa, because it's it's Apple's benefit uh, to make transitioning into their ecosystem seamless, yeah. and then vice versa, it's Android's benefit. Yeah, but yeah, um, I think part of that is intentional, making uh, creating a lot of friction. Make you not want to leave, yeah. So maybe it's not as voluntary as Apple may claim. Mm-hmm. Once you're in there, mm-hmm. I just I just don't even want to think about that headache of having to transition. No, you know. So yeah, it'll no. be interesting to see Apple One pricing. And I'm still I'm still I
0: I'm still happy with the Apple products. I'm not like super amazed like I once was. Right. But I think it's because the novelty's kind of worn off. We're kind of hitting the plateau of where these phones can really go. Yeah, maybe. In a sense. I don't know. Still like my laptop, Apple Watch I, w- I wear for working out. AirPods are great. I think the AirPods was was a was a brilliant move by yeah.
1: them. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people do make the claim that Apple's not innovating like they were. And here's the thing for like the first 30 years uh of their company, they were innovating like crazy. Yeah. But to be fair, um within the last 5 years AirPods is is enormous, yep. you know? That's a huge product win. Yep. Apple Pay, as a service, I think is super innovative. They were the first ones to uh, just tap your watch or just tap your phone.
0: So how does that work? Are the major banks paying Apple X amount per month or something? Like how is Apple getting their 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 check from that when I go and tap my phone? Do you know?
1: Um, I think they have some kind of technology in the phone mm-hmm. that acts similar to like your pin okay in a bank card okay or in a debit card yeah i don't know how the fees work um if anything i would guess apple probably paid a fee to interact or the intermediary to make that work okay now they're partnering with banks like their big one was partnering with goldman sachs for that credit card yeah i don't even know anybody with one an apple not that i ask anybody not that i ask everybody what credit card they use but i don't know anybody who's it'd be a cool novelty to
0: have yeah
1: i'm not sure how the perks are um or, or uh what the fees are why you would join it yeah i don't know but apple pay i think is super innovative within the last five years airpods insane yeah one of their best products period for sure the apple watch is like what six years old Yep. Now ipad the is the best popular. tablet yeah now it's the most popular watch in the world yeah so i'd argue that they're still innovating um but it's just really hard to compare with that like uh turn of the century and like 90s and an '80s innovation that they were bringing to the table. Yeah, during the time when they released like the 1984 commercial. Yep, because they were truly the underdog. Then. They were. They were. Which is crazy to think about, right? And now they're worth two trillion dollars in market. Insane.
0: Cap. Insane. Yeah. Crazy. Um, so I know you don't want to. I know you don't want to join the competition with me. But I want to talk about right. it. Right.
1: You just ran this by me a couple minutes ago.
0: So um, Jordan Shelton, I think he listens to the podcast. Um, he owns an agency. He's He was from Toronto, but he owns an agency out in LA. And we've been keeping in touch ever since we started uh, Exordia. Right. And he just finished the 75, uh, 75 hard challenge. And basically what it is, I'm just pulling it up, guys, if you're watching. Who and you're created like, this challenge? Great question. I don't see any, I don't see anybody, I don't see mm-hmm. any... Um, recognition for who created it, but essentially, what the 75 hard challenges you have to follow a diet, you have to do two 45 minute workouts, no alcohol or cheat meals, take a progress picture, one gallon of water, 10 pages of reading per day. You have 24 hours to do all this for 75 days. And honestly, when I was I was DMing Jordan, and uh, he actually wants to collaborate on something. We might do a podcast together or something. But anyway, um. He said the amount of mental clarity he got from 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 following this has just been absolutely insane And I, th- I just want to I really want to give it a shot and I know you don't want to do it because you um, You check most of these boxes um, But I would really like I, I want to get more consistent with all of these things yeah. And I'm wondering if a challenge is the way to do it or not So I like I like throwing myself into this kind of stuff. So I think I'm going to be starting the 75 hard challenge um. I'm going to set a day when I'm I, going to start. I know you're
1: into doing this, and if you if you say yes, I fully support you doing it. Do you want to um, put some pressure on yourself and commit on the podcast?
0: Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now.
1: Done. What day do I want to start?
0: Okay, we're going to start tomorrow since we're already halfway through today. Done. Let's we'll start fresh tomorrow. All right. This is going to be a nice little podcast topic. Every week we can talk about him.
1: it. Yeah. We're going to keep them accountable in yeah. 75 days. All right, Just perfect. like that
0: perfect we're doing it so it's locked and loaded alright man we can get into Belarus if you want
1: um yeah it's up to you I'm not super informed on uh what's going on right now but Belarus recently had an election and allegedly the winning nominee had 80% support and people are calling BS people are saying no way is that true. I'm not sure of the politician's name. He's been in power for 26 years now People are saying Belarus is the last dictatorship in Europe and it's time for him to step down and make change He's rallying now. He's refusing to do a re-election um, and There have been massive protests peaceful protests. Yeah, Um. but people are are likening it to like a citizen revolution So apparently almost 100,000 people are out in Minsk in the capital. Yep. And they're protesting for a re-election or for him to step down. Um, And it's really inspiring to see, you know, everybody dropping what they're doing for the greater good to come out in support of something. And I understand we're in the midst of a global pandemic and you could argue, you know, against um, why you might not want to do it for health concerns. Um, And as valid as that is, you know, these people are, are, are rallying for their freedom, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to weigh those priorities Definitely. Bef- before you go come at somebody for um, for not respecting social distancing to the extent that they could. Yeah. So a lot of Western forces have like a, established a military presence on the border of Belarus now um, in case the situation escalates. Protesters are being peaceful right now. Um, however, some of them have been detained. There have been at least two killings. There's been reports of like some pretty bad beatings. So we're seeing on the fringes a little bit of escalation. Russia actually has offered Belarus military support on their end if this escalates. Mm-hmm. So Belarus and their uh, supposed leader, supposed legitimate leader, um, is backed by Russia, whereas the people who are revolting are backed by. Um, Western forces like some of the countries in the EU and uh, possibly the US. Yeah. So this this could wow. potentially escalate um, pretty seriously. And he, he sorry to I just want to say yeah. one quick thing. It's about all I know.
0: We had back in the 1920s we had the Great Depression, right? And then right after that there was a World War. Right, And I don't know if you look back in the history books, things repeat themselves. Sure, absolutely. And we're about to be going into, we are going into, once this money dies out, we are probably going to be going into quite a recession, depression, whatever it's going to be. So I'm wondering if history is not going to repeat itself. We see this going on here. Last week we talked about, um, what were we talking about? What country is that again? Lebanon. We were talking about Lebanon right. last week. Right. There's so much conflict going on. It, there's just such a recipe right now for some crazy stuff to go down and some big change to happen. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow.
1: There's a lot of tension going on right now. I think economically this period reminds me a lot of like the 1930 to 45 years. How old were you then? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forget. Yeah. Um which like like you said uh for the most part preceded World War II. Yeah. So th- th- there are economic uh similarities there but That's a good point. There are also like a lot of social similarities and Mm -hmm. tensions are mounting um, Between the two big powers as well between uh, the US and China tensions are mounting as well And who gets the upper hand at the end of this huge economic upheaval is To be decided right now. Yeah, we don't know.
0: Yeah Crazy
1: Yeah, so um, this situation is is evolving uh, day by day in in Belarus. The protests are still going on. This is apparently the largest turnout of people since the collapse of the Berlin Wall. So people are really serious about this. I'm not too versed on the background of the president or the prime minister or whatever he's called. And and what exactly he's done. But it certainly begs the question um, why he's still there after 26 years. It's a long time. Yeah, that's an excuse. It's too long. For sure. It's too long. Right. And Russia's come to his aid and offered military support if needed. Of course.
0: Wow. All right. Well, we'll try and keep up with that story. We'll keep up with everything else. We'll try to keep up with everything else that's going on. We're not a news podcast, but we like to talk on current events and stuff. So with that being said, guys, thank you very much for tuning into this week's episode of the podcast. And we'll see you next week.
1: Hard 75.